Hi, I'm Billy Glosson, lead pastor of Coram Deo Church in Morganton, North Carolina, and you're listening to the Coram Deo Podcast, a place to engage with sermons, devotionals, prayer, and everything else we're doing at Coram Deo. Thanks for listening. Hear the word of the Lord. And they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. I'm going to welcome our lead pastor, Billy Glosson, up. And we're going to pray for him as he walks us through the word this morning. Lord, you are miraculous, God. You are great. You see our needs um, when the world would cast us aside. You see those who are in need of healing and in need of direction and in need of a Savior, and you call them to yourself. I pray that we would see that truth of the gospel this morning as we walk through the word. Give us hearts that are soft that can be challenged and encouraged where it is necessary. Give us ears to hear the truth of the gospel. I pray that you would give Billy a clarity of, of mind and speech as he leads us this morning. And I pray in all things that we would see the good news of Jesus Christ in this passage, what it means for us now and what it means for us going forward. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. So growing up here in Burke County, you can imagine that I did not often uh, fly places. So when I went to college, it was kind of a new experience for me to fly, and I'll never forget the first time I flew out of LaGuardia in New York because I was dropped off and didn't know anybody and had to make my flight. That happened to be in, oh, 30 minutes. So again, I go in. I'm a young guy. Like, I was about, I think, 20 at the time, uh, which was, you know, 13 years ago. So it was a minute ago. And I went in, and I'm like, okay, here we go. I know what I'm doing. Everything's going to be fine. I just got to get my ticket. Again, this is before everybody had their boarding passes on their phones. And so I had to go wait in line, and there's this massive line. I'm not kidding, like about 100 people. And I'm like, this is going to be bad because I'm about to become Kevin McAllister and I'm going to be lost in New York if I don't hurry up and get through this. So I decided to have some gumption and I stepped around the crowd of people, walked right up to the front and told the lady, hey, I'm really sorry. I know I just cut off a lot of people, but my flight leaves in 30 minutes. And I don't know if it was, you know, the fact that I hadn't lost my southern accent yet or what, but she just looked at me and was like, here's what you're going to do. You're going to take this boarding pass and you're going to run as fast as you can because your flight has already begun boarding. I freaked out and I said, where's my flight? She's like, it is not close. So I start running 
through LaGuardia as fast as I can. I mean, I'm carrying, I have a book bag and a duffel bag, just hauling it. I mean, running as fast as I possibly can. And I get to my gate, and I see the person, like, uh, starting to close the stanchions, you know, like putting the, the little barrier up. And I'm like, wait! Please wait! And all these people are staring at me like I'm a psychopath. But I was desperate. I did not want to get left in New York because apparently there were no other flights flying directly to North Carolina. So this was my one shot. Fortunately, they let me on the plane, even though I looked like a psychopath, because I guess I was loud enough and desperate enough and they felt bad for me. Now, I don't know about you, but I wonder, have you ever been desperate? Have you ever been desperate enough to make a scene? Have you ever really, really deeply wanted something? Well, today we're going to see a desperate man who's willing to do just that, make a scene. Now, we've been going through the Gospel of Mark, and we've gotten past the halfway point where now Jesus is marching towards Calvary. In fact, the rest of the Gospel of Mark just deals with the last week of Jesus's life. And what we see today is this really unique interaction of Jesus on his way to Jerusalem as he heals a blind man. And I say this is unique not because of the healing, but because of the man that he heals. You see, this blind man, Bartimaeus, has a lot to teach us, both about being desperate and about mercy. We're going to see today that as we have been shown mercy, we should extend mercy to others. When Christ opens the eyes of our hearts to see him in all of his glory, then we're moved to serve him out of gratefulness for his salvation. My prayer is that your eyes would be fixed on Jesus. And look, I got to confess to y'all, I'm tired. I am. And I know many of you are as well. I've been pretty worn down lately, and I know that many of you have been as well. There is living water here for us. So let's go to the well. First thing we see is the son of David. Jesus is heading to Jerusalem. And he passes through Jericho. Maybe you're thinking, hey, I remember this from Kids Church. I remember, you know, like this is when Joshua marched around. This is not that place. This is actually a different place. This is Jericho in the New Testament. It's a new city that's established about 18 miles north of Jerusalem. This was a strategic place that beggars would choose because they know that people would have to pass through it on their way to Jerusalem. And they would hope that that people might feel a little extra generous on their way to the temple. So Jesus goes on as he's marching again to Jerusalem, to Calvary, and as he does so, we're introduced to a new character, Bartimaeus. Now, this is interesting because this is the only time in the Gospel of Mark that the person being healed is named, which is interesting. Why is that the case? Well, church tradition actually holds that Bartimaeus became a leader in the church of Jerusalem, right? In fact, it's likely that Mark's Roman audience may well even know who Bartimaeus is, right? So Mark is taking Peter's account of the gospel, and he is, again, delivering it to a Roman audience. So you can imagine Peter's talking about this, and he's like, oh, wait, is that, like, wait, Bartimaeus? Crazy Bart? I know him. Yeah, I love that guy. He's awesome. 
Here's the thing, and this is what this tells us. We are often impacted by the stories of those that we know, aren't we? Like, just as an aside, when you share your story, man, when you tell others how you received Christ's mercy, y'all, that's powerful. It is. So let's listen to the powerful testimony of how Bartimaeus meets Jesus. Look back at the passage with me, verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now, if we want to understand Bartimaeus, we have to realize as a blind person, in this climate, this culture, he lived an impossibly difficult life. Right? There's no means to help people with the disability that Bartimaeus has. He is fully and completely dependent on the compassion of others. I think it's helpful to think of this event from his perspective because he shows up like he does every day. His ratty, old cloak covering him in the cool of the morning. His hand filling the side of walls as he finds his spot. It's another day like hundreds before it. A day that he's hoping for compassion from strangers. Soon, There's a scuffling of feet. There's the sound of voices. They're growing louder and louder. And before you know it, there's a great crowd there. And their voices blend together. There's this rumble, this celebration in the crowd. Everyone is in a good mood, a celebratory mood, heading to Jerusalem. Luke's account tells us that Bartimaeus began to ask, wondering, hey, what's going on? Why is there such a great commotion? And he gets the answer, oh, Jesus is coming. Now, Jesus was a common name at this time, so Bartimaeus asks, which Jesus? And his heart begins pounding. Could it be? Is this, is this Jesus of Nazareth? The one that heals the sick? That casts out demons? The one who causes the blind to see? Yeah, it's uh, um, Jesus of Nazareth. Bartimaeus can't believe it. He's here, right here, but he can't see. There's no way that Bartimaeus is going to be spotted in this huge crowd of people. He doesn't know what to do. So in a moment of pure faith and desperation, Bartimaeus goes, Son of David, have mercy on me! Yeah, I know that was startling. Imagine that. In that moment. This causes a huge scene. Everyone is totally taken back by this guy who's normally there asking for money. People are certainly used to beggars. But this is embarrassing. I mean, come on, guy. Get it together. What's wrong with you? Hush. Be quiet. We don't have time for you. I mean, this is undignified. This is uncomfortable. It's humiliating. Stop it. They rebuke Bartimaeus. They tell him to be silent. And what does Bartimaeus do? He yells all the louder, Son of David, 
mercy on me. Bartimaeus won't be silenced. Now here's the thing. In Bartimaeus' cry is a keen theological awareness. He has connected the dots from what he has heard about this Jesus of Nazareth. This is the Messiah. This is the one that would come from the line of David. The blind beggar is the only one in all of Mark's gospel who uses this messianic title for Jesus, the son of David. Though physically blind, Bartimaeus could see better than the spiritually elite, the religious of the day. Bartimaeus had eyes that could see spiritually. And he knows that this, this ain't a time to be quiet. This is a time for desperation. This is a time for prevailing. If the son of David wasn't going to hear him, well then Bartimaeus was going to shout even louder. He was going to be heard, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Look what happens. Verse 49. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up. He is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up. And he came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. So Jesus is marching. Jesus is headed, his face set towards Calvary, knowing that he's about to give his life, but he can't help but hear the voice screaming. What does he do? He stops. The Greek says he stood still. I'm not moving, I'm not going anywhere until I meet him. One of the marks of Jesus' ministry is the time that he gives to the suffering even in the midst of a crowd. Coram Deo, some of you need to hear this today. Jesus has time for you. Jesus has time for you. In the midst of the chaos of our world, sometimes we can feel pretty insignificant. We can feel unseen. But Jesus sees you. He hears you. And he welcomes you. The cries of the poor and powerless stop Jesus in his tracks. Because the kingdom of God is not for the well-meaning, but for the desperate. Jesus calls for Bartimaeus. Now there's a bit to unpack here. Right? We see, uh, first of all, the compassion of Jesus. Right, And there's so much to be said about that. But I want to focus on Bartimaeus. Because Bartimaeus actually has a lot to show us. First, Bartimaeus teaches us how to pray. You see, real prayer begins with real desire, often with real desperation. 
Now, sometimes right, we cry out to God, but it does not seem to respond. And we get discouraged by circumstances, sometimes by people. We get discouraged from continuing to ask. And how does God want us to respond to this? He wants us to keep asking and to cry out louder. But there's not some polite incantation that God is looking for. He's looking for persistent, prevailing prayer. We see this as an example in Luke 18. Jesus shares the story of the widow's persistence, that she goes to an unrighteous judge and nags him day and night into action. That is precisely the quality God is encouraging in us. Jesus says he tells this story so that we would pray and not lose heart. He's looking for those who are willing to cry to him day and night. He's looking for desperate Bartimaeuses who will insist on being heard, who won't take a non-response for an answer. He's looking for those who will always pray again and not lose heart. He's looking to find faith on the earth. Here's, he, he, listen to this amazing question from Jesus. This is what he says to Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? Do you know? The question's posed to you. What are you desperate for? Don't be vague, be specific. Don't be shy, be bold. The son of David is near. Follow Bartimaeus' example and do not let him pass without giving you an answer. Now, listen, the answer is not always what we may want. It certainly wasn't for the rich young ruler. Sometimes God has something totally and completely different than what we have in mind. But, whatever his answer is, it will open our eyes to mind-blowing glory. God promises to give justice to his prayerfully persistent elect speedily. That's what Luke 18 says, but we're going to let him define what speedily is. For our part, we must be determined to cry out, to cry night and day, to, again, nag him incessantly in faith, because he loves that kind of faith. Bartimaeus teaches us how to pray. But what's important is that we see that that prayer is born from a sound theology of self. Bartimaeus is keenly self-aware. He is in need. This is his one and only moment. This is it. If he's passive, if like, I don't want to, I know this is going to be weird if I yell, if I say anything. Um, if he's passive, what's going to happen? He's going to stay blind by the roadside. He can't bear that thought. He needs Jesus. Coram Deo, so do we. Without Jesus, we are forever lost. Many of us, again, this is like ingrained in us, in our culture, we're not supposed to be needy. We're supposed to have it all together. We're supposed to be able to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. 
this, there's a quote that's stuck with me for a long time, and, and I think he says it far better than I could. I'm just going to read it to you. This is from Michael Reeves. He wrote a, a little book called Enjoy Your Prayer Life. It's fantastic. He says this, If God was a single independent person, independence would be the godly thing. That would be how to be like him. But because the Son always depends on the Father, dependence is the nature of Christian godliness. Being a Christian is first and foremost all about receiving, asking, and depending. It's when you don't feel needy, and so when you don't pray much, that you lose your grip on reality, and you think or act in an unchristian manner. In fact, as you grow as a Christian, you should not feel more self-sufficient, but ever more needy. Prayer, prayer then, is enjoying the care of a powerful father instead of being left to a frightening loneliness where everything is all down to you. Are you aware of your neediness? It's on those who know their need, not those who assume their superiority, that God pours out mercy. Say that again. It's on those who know their need, not those who assume their superiority, that God pours out mercy. Friends, we cannot assume that because we have a 401k or a ton of followers on Instagram, or maybe because, well, we read more, we're more aware, we're more conscious of what's going on, we have something to offer to God. No, we all come broken and needy before the son of David, blind and unaware. Bartimaeus knew this. He knew he was broken and blind. He knew he was in need, and so he calls out. And then what do we hear? The crowd's tone changes a lot, doesn't it? Goes from, hey, be quiet, to, hey, well, uh, get up, take heart. He's calling. This is like, you know, when you're at a concert and you know the band that's playing, and you go up there and you're like, oh, I know them. And they're like, mm, uh, stay right here. And then finally that person comes out and you're like, no, no, I know them. Hey, hey. And they're like, why don't you just cool it? And the person's like, oh, hey, what's up, man? And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 you're cool. Come on, come on, come on. That's what it's like, right? All of a sudden the crowd's like, get up. He's calling you. Take heart. Now, here's the thing. What does Bartimaeus do? He hears this call, and he throws off his cloak, and he springs up running to Jesus. Now, there's a lot to say about this. The cloak, right, that he throws off may be one of his few possessions in life. To drop it, it's a big deal. What it tells us is this. Bartimaeus has faith. He has faith. When he hears the call, he doesn't stop and say, okay, just a second, let me get my stuff here. No, he just runs to Jesus. He drops everything and he runs to the one who is all he needs. And he gets to Jesus and Jesus asks him a question. And we got to sit for a moment in Jesus' question here. What do you want me to do for you? Does that sound familiar? See, back in the account right before this, we see Jesus asking the same question to James and John, his disciples. And James and John come, and what do they want? To sit at his right hand and his left hand. 
What's the difference between Jesus' disciples and Bartimaeus? James and John ask for glory. Bartimaeus asks for mercy. Bartimaeus, crying out for mercy, comes from a profound sense of clarity. Again, remember, he is extremely self-aware. He stands before Jesus and he asks for his sight. Bartimaeus has rightly understood that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the only one who can help me. And when he responds to Jesus, the word he uses isn't just rabbi. It's actually rabboni, which is a title that's meant for God. So Bartimaeus is saying to Jesus, my Lord and my master, let me see. Though blind, Bartimaeus sees clearer than Jesus' own disciples. Helen Keller, who was famously deaf and blind, was once asked, oh, wow, how horrible it must be to be blind. And she responded, better to be blind and see with your heart than to have two good eyes and see nothing. Do you have eyes that see, friend? Do you see how truly in need you are? Do you see Jesus as your Lord and master. Jesus responds to Bartimaeus' faith by saying, go your way. Your faith has made you well. What happens? Immediately, Bartimaeus recovers his sight, it says, and followed him, followed Jesus on the way. Bartimaeus has his vision restored. And the first thing he sees is Jesus And when Jesus says, go your own way, it takes no time for him to decide that Jesus is now his way. There's a couple points here that I really want to hit for you and I to apply this. The first, may may we never be this crowd. The crowd wanted Bartimaeus to be silent. If someone is crying out for Jesus, let's never tell them to be quiet. Here's the thing with that, though. Broken people are often very uncomfortable. When people are needy and broken, it's always easier to do nothing. But it will never be rewarding when you do. See, one of our great joys as Christians in this life is getting to see people whose lives are are just a mess. When they come to know Jesus, when, when they have that vision of who Jesus is, and their whole life is transformed, man, it's worth it. With that in mind, the next thing I would challenge us on is what we mentioned earlier, and that's this. We need to stay persistent. You see, when we are aware of our brokenness and our need for Jesus, when we cry out, obstacles can certainly get in the way. It could be friends, it could be family, it could just be our culture. Our crying out is not always encouraged. But when we look to Bartimaeus, we should be challenged. 
He's not dissuaded. He's not discouraged by the crowd. He is persistent. Now, I say this as someone who doesn't always get this, which is weird because I'm awesome at diagnosing other people, right? I'm really awesome at telling other people what's going wrong for them, right? If someone comes to me and they say, look, man, I've been praying and I asked Jesus and and nothing happened, I'm going to say, how long did you pray? Like four minutes? I mean, come on, you got to keep at it. Jesus tells us to pray and not lose heart. He's not a candy machine. You can't just go up and push a button and expect to get what you want. Prayer's not a pinata. He's not a pinata in the sky and you got the stick of prayer. Like, you got to give it some time. But I often struggle to be persistent. It's hard. Jesus tells us to pray and not lose heart. He wants us to be like Bartimaeus. We we are in a community filled with broken people. We have family and friends who are deeply lost. Many of us are troubled and scared. We've had hard years. Feels like, okay, things maybe, maybe, nope, okay, yep, we're still here. Um, It's easy to get discouraged. But Jesus invites us to come. Next week, we're going to see Jesus enter into Jerusalem to the shouts of Hosanna. There are those who are shouting with great praise as they see Jesus. They're the same ones who a week later are going to be shouting, crucify him. Far sweeter to Jesus is the heart's cry of one in need than the shallow hallelujahs of the crowd. Friends, Jesus loves you. He loves us. And he loves us specifically and uniquely. When we look at the healing of Bartimaeus, man, we see the compassion of Jesus. Jesus doesn't patronize Bartimaeus. No, He doesn't just assume his needs. He doesn't just go up to him and go, now you can see. He asks him, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus meets him where he is and gives him dignity. He heals him. He saves him. Bartimaeus is forever changed. Friend, he can do the same for you. Bartimaeus cries for mercy. Now, mercy is when we get something good instead of what is deserved. God has shown us mercy through the son of David, through Jesus, because of his death on the cross for us. We have been spared the punishment we deserve and shown forgiveness. Now we, we need to see something here because it's profound. What does Bartimaeus bring to Jesus? Nothing. He shows up before the king of the ages and he has no gifts to bring he cannot boast in himself he is a blind beggar he comes with one thing need friends that's how we all come before god in need we come before god and the only thing we bring is our offenses jonathan edwards says you contribute nothing to your salvation except the sin that made it necessary. I say this not to discourage you, but to tell you, look to Bartimaeus. He was aware of his need. When we know this, 
When we are made aware of who Jesus is, of what he has done, that he marched to Calvary, that he took my sin, your sin, our shame, our baggage, our brokenness, and nailed it to the cross, then we know that we can come before him because he didn't stay there. Friends, he rose again and extends mercy. He has conquered Satan, sin, and death, and he offers to us life and life eternal. When we come before him and cry for mercy, he will give it to us. Jesus hears the cry for mercy. So today, do you need to cry out to the son of David? Perhaps for the first time. Maybe do you need to cry out again with persistence. The blind won't gain their sight by opening their eyes. We need Jesus. Take heart. Get up. He is calling you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you grateful that you love us, that you pursue us, that you show us unbelievable, unfathomable mercy. Lord Jesus, we pray that we would be people who believe this truth, who cling to this truth, who rest in you. We pray all of this, Jesus, in your precious and holy name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Quorum Deo podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or our website, quorumdeonc.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram for a bigger picture inside the life of the church. Grace and peace be with you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.